0: I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. If you got your Bibles, we're going to start out in Genesis. And we're going to read through Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And um, then we're going to go to Matthew 19. If uh, this is the first time you've been here, I see so, a few new faces. Uh, it's good to see Sister Beth Bartholomew, her son has a Apostolic church down in Florida, and so it's good to have her here. Um, i I agree wholeheartedly with what brother Sebastian says that if if we can't hold together our family units here in the church, then what what hope does the world have and so this morning i I am teaching on. This idea or this subject. God made them male and female. Reading from Genesis 1. Verse 26 and verse 27. And God said. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the fish of the sea. And let them have dominion over the (laughs) fish. Excuse me. I'm reading it twice. And let them have over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every cre- creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. And male and female created he, him. In Genesis 2:20 20 through 23 And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet. And God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto him, unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man." Now in Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6, And He answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that He which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your many blessings. We thank You, God, that You made it possible for us as a church to to find out truths from Your Word. Your Word is forever settled in heaven, the Scripture says. And we thank You for this day that we can discover more and more things about what You think about the family and about what You think about Your people. And we thank You for this Word that goes forth this morning. We ask Your blessings upon it. We pray these things in the name of Jesus you may be seated I have uh, I have really enjoyed this week of study and uh I uh I I I, I enjoy studying for these lessons because the, the way it, sometimes a preacher gets fed is is through his study and uh now, I, I know that there are some, some very intelligent people here, and so if, if what I'm about to say seems kind of uh, base, then, then please forgive me. But I was studying this lesson this week, and i seen some things I never saw before. In Genesis, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it was Moses who wrote the first five books of the, of the, of the Bible called the Law, and, and the uh, Jews revere Moses for, for the first five books. And I was, I was reading in Genesis. Uh, I, Genesis has so much. And, and I never saw this before, but as I was reading, I realized that God revealed to Moses some of his most intimate thoughts. And, and, and part of it was here in what we read... And it said, and God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the of the sea." And see, before He ever created man, before He ever created a man, before He ever created a woman, He said, "Let them have dominion." It was already in the plan of God to create a man and a woman and a civilization, so that man could expand upon the earth. And I had never seen that before. And then in Genesis, in Genesis 2, the verse, verse 1, it says, And God rested on the seventh day. Now, if you go back in Genesis 26, this is just a mini Bible study. So, it, you know, if, if this, you know, you're, you're probably already into this. If you're reading, God made in Genesis 1, it says, God made the animals first, and then he, he created man. Now, if you go to Genesis 2 and 4, Moses retells the creation story, and he, and he, and he scripts through all the all those, the, the the things that happened on the first five days of creation, and he stops on that sixth day, and he reveals how he was thinking because the scripture says in Genesis six or two 4 and and two five that before he even planted a tree, before he even planted anything, before he he created created anything on the land. In his mind, in his in his heart, in his in his thoughts, this is the seed that I'm gonna make. It says, This is what I'm gonna make before I even make it. And 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 I'm going somewhere with this. So then you go to Genesis two and eighteen, and somehow Moses seems to, to straighten out his thoughts. In Genesis two and eighteen, God looks at Moses or at, at Adam and and he says, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And as he's, as he's looking at this, he says, well, I'm going to make him a helpmate. And, and, and so what does he do? He doesn't create woman. The Scripture says that he creates animals. He created the animals first. Not, not, not just to, to, to expand the earth, but they were to be a help to, Moses, to, to Adam. But then God realizes that it's not enough to have a pet. It's not enough just to have a dog or a cat or a cow or a bull as a pet to satisfy the deep longings of the heart, to satisfy the fellowship of the heart, to satisfy the the, the deep things that a man has in his life. He needs something else. And so that's when God caused, caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And He took something out of him. And He created a new woman. And you know what the, the, the beauty of it is? Is, is? is the fact that, you know, as God is creating, it's, it's, it's what God took out of Adam and then gave back to him that, that made Adam feel complete. You see, we need, our, 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 the, we need the opposite sex. We, we need, men need women and women need men because they are a balance to what God created. A dog's not going to do it. A, go- a dog's a fine companion, but it's not what God created you, to, you and I to be. We need something more than just a pet. We need something more than, that will satisfy the, the longings of the soul, the emotional sl- things that we need. Yeah, yeah. We need something more that's going to satisfy the, the intellectual. A dog can't talk to us. A cow can't talk to us. A sheep, it don't talk to us. But the, the man or the woman that sits next to you day in and day out, are, 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 they're able to interchange and inter, inter, intertwine with your thoughts and your ideas and, and challenge you and encourage you and lift you up. You know, it's I, I enjoy... I, I, you know, you, probably, you guys probably already know that, but just understanding why it's important to have... The opposite sex with you. The, the, the and, I, and I'm not talking I'm not talking dirty here. I'm talking about the fact that the companionship of somebody more than just another man. If you're a man, the the the, the, the another man's not going to fulfill the needs that that God put in you. You need the you need the balance of a woman, and a woman cannot find fulfillment with another woman. If God wanted it that way, He would have created that that way. uh, we've got got to get away from this idea of of this old saying, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. That's a lame thing to say. But there's reasons why God created man and woman. It's because they are a balance to one another. We need more than just somebody as a buddy. We need somebody who's going to be a strength to us and a help to us and and a balance to us. It's a completion, yes, and that is the plan of God. Now, all that being said, since the dawning of the 20th and the 21st century, Satan has leveled every kind of attack he can at us. He's he's attacked everything that he could concerning the church, including the family unit, and he has definitely and 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 he has pointedly attacked men and their manhood. Satan has done all that he could to try to destroy every vestige of what men represent in our society. He has used every image of man that he can in society and used it to belittle belittle them and and used it to to demean them and and used it to to challenge their authority on every, every level of our society. You see, Satan has attacked through every avenue possible all that man represents and all that he stands for. He's attacked our church. He's attacked our God. He's attacked our family. He's attacked our faith. He's attacked our ability to provide and protect. He's attacked our our, our gender. He's attacked everything He possibly can to, to try to destroy what God created. You see, if he can't do it through through the physical attack, he'll do it through human philosophy. He'll try to destroy human reasoning that says that it's important that, that, that a man be with a woman. He'll try to destroy the family unit and try to he's tried every avenue possible to try to, to, to prove that the family unit is not necessary, that that mankind can take care of mankind and, and that you don't have to rely upon God to take care of you. But God wants you to know that. You see, it was Him that instituted the family. And so when when the family is attacked, you're attacking the image of God. When you're attacking the image of God, you better be careful because God's coming after you. God said in Genesis 1 and 26, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Well, what was He trying to create? He... It wasn't in the mind of God to, to just create the, 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 your, your hair color. It wasn't in the mind of God when He was going to create something. It wasn't your eye color that He was going to create. It wasn't in the mind of God that when He was going to create man, He, he, he wasn't looking at his stature. When He, when he, when he was going to create man, he, he, he wasn't looking at how big His muscles were going to be. That's not what God had in mind when He was going to create man. You see, God created man in His image. Well, what was that image? He created him to have a spiritual nature. He created him to have a spiritual ability to have fellowship with God. He created him to have something that no other animal will have, and that is a relationship with with, with an eternal God. When God was creating man in the spiritual sense of things, he, he was looking at man and He says, that soul needs to live forever. He created man an eternal soul. That, that eternal soul that you, you have inside of you, that's not a human soul. We have a human spirit. We have a human mind and human emotions, but inside each of us is an eternal spirit. And that's what God looked at. He looked at, I'm going to make him spiritual. I'm going to give him a spiritual nature. I'm going to give him spiritual ability. He's going to be like me. He's going to be able to look past the, the physical things and see beyond. To know that there's something more than this, just what he sees. But there's an eternal life. When he looked at man and he said, I want to create him. What else did he, he look at? He He looked at his intellectual nature. When he looked at man and he said, I want man to be able to reason. I want man to be able to think for himself. I want man to be able to think through things, think through problems. You see, God put more into the thought of what He was going to do with man than than just saying, pulling up a piece of dirt and saying this is what man is. No, he, He put more in you. He put more thought into who you are and, 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 and the shape and the size. And, and, but He put more in you in, in His spiritual side. You see, he, he gave you the abilities to choose between right and wrong. The, the thing that God was looking at, he, was just, he wasn't just looking at the idea that, okay, well... ah. Uh, I going to take i'm going to give them the ability just just to say yes or no. It was more than that i mean we we, we, <laughs> we, we look at these these uh, these new new projects coming out uh, let me speak on a personal basis we look at the new projects coming out in the medical industry we we i mean there's quite a few people here who have uh jobs in in, in the medical fields and, and and there are so many new innovations that are coming out that that they call uh in, it's invasive right Where they don't have to open up the body and, and so they're, they're creating all these projects so that the less trauma to the body there is the better and quickly, more quickly it will re- respond in healing but when God was making that he gave man the ability to figure those things out you see he didn't just give us a stupid mind he didn't just give us a, a human mind to, 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 to be like an animal. Well, I've got to eat today, and that's it. I've got to find shelter out of the rain today, and that's it. No, He gave us the ability to think. He wanted you and me to think more than just within the, 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 the little realm that we call our own little world. He gave us the ability to expand our thoughts beyond ourselves. This is what God was thinking of before He even created man. How else did He create man? Well, He created him with a moral nature. You see, He didn't create it just, just, just so that you could procreate. He didn't just create you so that, that you would know that you shouldn't walk out in the middle of the road. He gave you the ability to know that it's wrong to take from Somebody. What is not yours? It's wrong to steal. You see, that's a moral nature. God created in you and me the ability to know that it's wrong to take a life, to commit murder. There's something that God created in you and me that's, that's kind of innate in our hearts and in our minds that says it's wrong to, 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 to beat somebody up for, for, for no reason whatsoever, to be a bully. Now, you can have a seared conscience and do it anyway. But God created you with the, with the ability to know what morally what is right and wrong. The idea or the definition of, uh, of morality is the knowing the difference between what is right and what is wrong according to the New, the new Webster Dictionary. You see, God's so like God created you. He's, he's still in this thinking process. You know how else God created, was thinking about man before He created him? He created him to be holy. You see, before Adam was created, he was, in the mind of God, he was going to stay holy. He was going to stay committed to the ways of God. He was going to stay committed to the thoughts of God, to the fellowship of God. When God was in this thought process of creating man, He said, I want him holy. you know the other thing that He does? He wants you righteous. To live right, to do right, to speak right, to be right. All these things went into thinking about what man really is. Satan has been so successful in destroying our families and destroying the very essence of what a family structure is. But I want to tell you this morning in Isaiah 54 and 17, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall be condemned. And this, this is the heritage of the saints of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. It's not of anybody else. It's not of me. It's of God. Because He created man to be righteous. He says that weapon that Satan is using against you and I to destroy to 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 let the family unit break apart. It's he's he's got a way. The scripture the scripture tells us that we got some things that we can do to fight against this. You see, it's the church. It's the church that is still standing in the way of Satan. It's the church that is still saying no, no, no. This is this is how a family should be. It it shouldn't be uh, one woman and a, and a stepfather. It shouldn't be one man and a stepmother. It shouldn't be that when we choose a a husband or when we choose a wife, we need to choose one for a lifetime because it affects our children. God knows that that. It's the family unit that holds so much of our society together. And as Brother Sebastian was saying, that when that family unit has been destroyed or is being in the process of being destroyed, then there's nothing to hold the fabrics of society together. That's why it's important. It is the church that is still pushing back, it is the church that the world is trying to destroy. It's the church that the world is trying to belittle. It's the church that, is trying, that the world is trying to say and there's no need for it. Who can tell me how successful the world is in its families? When one and two, two marriages end in divorce. We need the church. I need the church. It's a standard of God instituted by God. You see, it's still the standard that God created the family unit for this cause, the Scripture says. A man shall leave his father and his mother. It's the church that is holding up the standard of why it should be that there are a mother and a father. Because the government can't be your daddy. The government can't be your mama. Your government can't provide for your every need. The government's not going to look out for your welfare. It's the church. It's God that does that. It's God that provides that. And when we destroy the family, and when we walk away from God's standard, we're destroying what God set up. It is the church that is still in many areas of society that are pushing back against the tides of evil that are sweeping our nation. It is the church that Satan is attacking by attacking the family structure. Satan is attacking very, every essence of what it is to be a man or a woman in today's society. Or excuse me, not the church, it's Satan that's doing that. You look around and it seems that our, our, all the, all the, all the, the, the roadblocks to, to immorality is gone. You look around and you listen and you, you hear the news and you look at people who, who, who have gone the way of the world and, and it seems like there's no difference between the church and the, and, and the outside world, but there should be. The church is a sanctuary. Not this, just this room, but the the church as a whole is a sanctuary where we can come in and get rest from the from the pressures of our society and from the pressures of of, of what others are saying that is right or wrong. But what we need is the church in our lives to teach us what is right and wrong. That the man of God gets up here and tells you that you don't live that way. It's more than just a a group of rules of do's and don'ts, but it's 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 showing how to live holy before God. In Isaiah fifty nine nineteen, the scripture says that when the enemy come in like a flood, it's the Lord that raises a standard. You are that standard. When you do it God's way, you are the standard that says to Satan, your way doesn't work, but God's way is working. Yeah. Men come into the church and they, they try to say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that you have this standard, or it doesn't matter that you have that standard. Well, they better be careful because they're attacking the, the, the standard that God set up. In Genesis 3 and 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And he said unto a woman, Yea, hath God said. Hath God said. How many times, how many times have you heard the. You know, it's it's not important anymore. God's not, God's not real. They say that religion is for for old people and children. You know, it's uh, it's not important. You get up in you, your twenties and your thirties and your forties and you're healthy and you feel good and you can live like, like you want. You don't you don't have to serve God. There's no fun serving God. You know. But you know it's a fact that men who serve God actually live longer than those who are out in the world. Statistically, it's been proven. But every day, every day that you go to school, your school system, the school system itself is set up to attack every structure that God has put in place. They want you to believe that the government has the answers, that man... Man can solve his own problems it goes back to what the serpent said has God said and then there are those who who are old enough to know better and Say I I don't need to come to church on Sunday I can I can serve God outside of church. I, I don't need God to worship on any day of the week I can worship him in my heart But God says do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is you see, never in the history of our time, or never in our history or in, in the time that we live, does God need men and women like you who are willing to stand against the tides that are rolling into our societies. As long as you and I are here, we stand as a bastion against what is wrong in our society. When, when you live holy before God, when you take this, this word and you put it in your heart, and when you hide it in your soul, you are the bastion that says, no, the world's way is not the way that's going to work. God's way is the way that's going to work. In Matthew 5 and 18, it says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle shall pass from the law until all be fulfilled. You see, those who think that the word of God isn't prevailing or, or the word doesn't apply, the Bible says that every word that was written, it's not going to go away. It's still wrong to lie. It's wrong to tell a white lie if there is such a thing. Do you know, how, do you know, do you know where the air, gray area in God is? There isn't one. It's either black or white. You're either wrong or right. And do you think that, oh, God's not going to mind. It's pretty close to the way it should be. No. It's wrong to lie. It's wrong to steal. It's wrong. All the Ten Commandments that we, we think that are so arcane, it's, they're not out of date. It's that when, 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 when you get the Holy Ghost, the Scripture says He writes them upon your heart. And, and every time that you and I do wrong, the heart convicts. In fact, Scripture says that he to knows to do good and does it not. To him it is sin. Because God has written his law on your heart. And so you already have the heart of God engraved right here. And when you sin, when you skirt the edge of what is right and wrong, your heart's, oh, it's God saying, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. You may think you got away with it, but I see it. Why? (laughs) Have you ever noticed? I know I'm tripping over into the next lesson, but I tried not to. But have you ever noticed how hundreds and thousands of people can vote to say what the definition of a marriage is? And all it takes is one man. In a black robe to say, nah, that's not right. That's unconstitutional. All the hundreds of thousands of people who go to the voting polls and goes to, to cast their vote to say, hey, I believe, I still believe that the, that, that, that the defini- definition of marriage is just between a man and a woman. It, it, I still believe it. And so I cast my vote. And then one man sitting on a chair says, nah, you're wrong. And all those votes are wiped out. The ideas of marriage and manhood, they weren't developed by man. They were developed by God. You see, it didn't come across as some evolutionary process. It didn't come across as something that just happened because society says, well, we need something to, to call what, what marriage is. And then, 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 then later on we will change what that is. No, God designed the institution of a marriage to be a man between a man and a woman. It was God who, on the sixth day of creation, put together the very foundations of what marriage is. Do you want, do you, you want to know when the seventh day of creation started? After he got done with Eve, because the Scripture says in Genesis 2:1, and he finished creating all that he was going to create, so it had to be right after Eve. So all this happened on the sixth day of creation in Genesis 2. And while all this was... You know, let, let me, let me st- sidestep what I was about to say. It, when, when you go to play a rule, when, when you go to play a game, every game has a certain kind of rule. And, 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 and as long as you play the game by the rules, you're playing by the way the game was designed to play. But when you change the rules to fit the way that you are going to, to, uh, to, to play, then the game that you're playing is no longer the way the game that was, was supposed to be played. When you change the way marriage is supposed to be, you're no longer doing it God's way. It's not between two daddies. It's not between two mamas. It's between a man and a woman. And there's reasons for that because the balance of what a marriage is is is, is when, a, when a child, when a baby is young, it needs its mama, but but when it grows older, it needs its father to show how to assimilate itself into the world. You know that's why there's a balance. Because men were created, and and, and if I have time, I'll get into some of that, but man is created to be a provider and a protector. And and, and as as a child grows, it needs the nurturing or the balance of a wife. It needs somebody who's going to teach that child what love is. It's going to need to teach that child the difference between right and wrong. But as that child gets older into the teenage years, he needs the father. When the father in the teenage years are missing from a home, that child no longer has the, has the balance of finding out how to live in a society that, that, that we live in today. He needs the guidance of the father. And, 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 and when that father is missing, the child is in a state of confusion and he has to find his own way. I know a man today who, who did not have a father. And as he got older, he, he didn't know how. He became a daddy himself, and he didn't know how to raise his children. Because he had no role model to go by. That's why we need men who, who will choose a woman and stay with her all their life. Not going from, from woman to woman and procreating and moving on. That's not what God intended for you to be. That when you ch- choose a, a, a wife, you choose her for life. And that's the way it should be with a woman. When a woman chooses a man for, 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 for a mate, it's not for a week, it's not for a month, it's not for five years, it's for all of, of the rest of your life. Don't choose just, just for a moment of passion. Don't choose just for a moment of excitement or, or, or to taste the forbidden fruits because it will lead you to some place where you don't want to go. <coughs> the devil has been trying to change the rules for, for ever since God instituted the family. That's why he attacked Eve. He attacked the weaker part of a woman. <coughs> the balance of who Adam was was not there to say no. You see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what faith you are. It doesn't matter what faith you claim to hold. Whether you're evangelical, whether you're Catholic, whether you're Buddhist or Hindu, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're Muslim or even if you're an atheist. You see, you need the family structure to propagate your your your, your faith. And when that structure isn't there, there's no there's no, there's nothing to carry that on. That's one of the reasons why in the in the early part of the. The 3rd and 4th centuries, the Roman Catholic Church was able to, to grow as well as it has because the, the families were just growing because they, they, they don't, and, and I'm going to be careful about this, but they don't encourage um, abstinence, or they don't encourage the, they encourage the procreation of the family. In England, right now, what started as a small community of Muslims... What has happened was a few Muslims got together and their families started to grow. They started creating. And, 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 and I can't tell you where I got this from, but I heard that, that, that Muslim women are encouraged to have six or seven babies in, in their lifetime so that the, the propagation of that Muslim faith can grow. And in England today, the Muslim faith, there's a neighborhood in England where, where the police can't go. Because there are so many Muslims that they will fight against the police. They have propagated themselves so much. And you know that's happening here in America. There are, there are no... There, I, I don't know how to say this, but there are zones where Christians can't go in and, and proselytize against the Muslim faith. Dearborn, Michigan is one of them. They won't they will arrest you if you go in there with, with, with Christian tracts to try to, to proselytize or to convert a Muslim because of the part of the Muslim faith says that if you are no longer Muslim, you die. There's no backsliding as a Muslim. You're either a Muslim or you're dead. And anybody who isn't a Muslim has a has a chance to t- convert to Muslim or or they're dead. We've got to, as a church, we have got to hold the standards of God. I, I know I haven't touched much on this male-female thing yet, but but we as a church have got to live by the standards of God. Because this is what holds the church for the future. You see, there's a generation that's coming up. These men and young men and young women here who who need you. To hold that standard. He needs you to see that this is how it should be done. These are the fruits of of, of of having a relationship together. Men and women are not not to be so devalued that we see it in our society today that well we'll just we'll go into a neighborhood and, and the gangs will, will pop off two or three people. But when you live holy before God, it pushes against that kind of evil. You see, there are those who think that the idea of what a man is and what a woman is is, is called conditioning. That society has conditioned us to, to think that this is what a man should look like and this is the way he should behave. Or this is what a girl should look like and this is how she should behave. And so they did something about it back in the 60s and the 70s. And they, they started social engineering. And they started doing something that was against the, the, the way God created you and me. And they started saying, well, we're, we're not going to give boys G.I. Joes anymore. We're going to give them Barbie dolls. And we're not going to have these, these, our, these women walking around in dresses anymore. We're going to dress them like a man. And, and, it's, and it's no longer... They even went so far as to rewrite the Bible to take, make it gender-neutral. Social engineering, but they found out that it didn't work because in you and I, there's these these what they call the the chromosomes. In the genome structure, there's 23 pairs of chromosomes, and in those chromosomes, 22 of them are alike that man and woman have that are alike. But in the 23rd chromosome, there's there's a little difference. A woman has two X chromosomes, and a man has an X and a Y, and that Y in a man is what makes a difference. Of who a man is. You see, we're not the same. We're not the same sex. We're, we're, we're not created to have, to have two men together. We're not created to have two women together. We're created to have a balance. God created everything to have a balance. And when it's out of balance, we have confusion. And that's what we have in society today. We have a bunch of gender confusion of what men are and what women are. But it's you and me that keep holding the standard of living for God that says, no, this is what a family should be. This is what a man should look like. This is the way a man should act. This is the way a man should talk. This is the way a man should walk. It's the church that teaches those things. I don't want to see some boy walking around in girl jeans. It's pathetic. Yeah, we don't believe in cross-dressing either. But that's what's happening. I'm laughing, but that's what's happening. Women are starting to... Starting. They've been, since the the time of the uh, women's suffragette movement, they have slowly started adopting man's dress, and man's clothing, and man's ways, and man's man's the, the way the man looks. They bob their hair. They cut their hair. Till... Some women have shorter hair than I do. And then my hair is pretty short. Yeah, well, it's, it's in the years. <laughs> society, society is trying to level the playing field of the differences of the sexes. You see, this generation that stands before, sits before me has such a tough job. They have all of their life ahead of them. And they have to decide what is a family. They have to decide what they're going to do with their lives. They're going to have to decide how they're going to look for the rest of their lives. This generation has such a heavy weight upon their shoulders. Oh, they're, they're, not, they're not having to worry about bills right now, no. But they have to decide, if not now, then very, very soon. Will I stay with my mom's faith? Will I stay with my dad's faith? Will I live it the way God wants them to live it? Or uh, am I, am I going to do it the way the rest of the world does it? Am I, am, am I going to cast aside the standards of God as a man or cast aside as the standards of a woman? And am I going to conform to the ideas of how a man or a woman should dress in this world? We, we look, I, I, I've talked about this before the, the fact that when I was young and I had holes in my jeans, it was a shame, and now you buy them that way. <laughs> you look at the way blue jeans are made today, um, they've taken bleach, and on the back side, starting from the upper hip, there's a white streak down the back of the legs because they want to draw your attention to something that is sexual. The women will, will, will either become gender neutral and they will force themselves to to look more and more like a man or, or they allow themselves to become openly gazed at by the way they dress. That's not God's standard. It's not God's standard for for a young man to run around with five buttons unbuttoned from the top of his shirt down. It's not God's standard for a young man to walk around with tight jeans so tight that he can't even kneel down without splitting out the back end of his jeans. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen a young man where they they had the jeans real tight two inches below the, the belt line and then it flared out because it was accentuating other areas of the body. The world is trying to accentuate the physical. The world is trying to say enjoy the physical now. Don't don't wait for the the idea of marriage. Don't wait for the idea of a companion that will, will will enjoy the fruits of of his commitment or her commitment. But they want you to to let go of your standards now while you're young. They want you to to, to say that, see that you know, we're not going to live forever, so let's have fun now. That's exactly right. Scripture says. We eat and we drink because we think that tomorrow we will die. We don't think of a tomorrow because we always look at the physical. But in each one of our souls is an eternal soul. And one day we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of God. You can't trust your emotions. You can't trust the the, the feeling of the moment. But do it God's way and God's standard. Let's stand. There are so many differences in a man and a woman, and and I, I. One of the things was if if a woman and a man were the same height and the same weight, and if they had the same diet and did the same exercises, it, it's proven that a, wo- a man will be twenty percent stronger just because that's the way God created him. He's not the same as a woman. A woman will have stress injuries if she if she overcomes or or presses her her body too much because she's not made to be as physical as a man women tend to live longer than a man but they're more susceptible to infectious diseases men have better reasoning better me- mechanical reasoning better visual spatial re- relationships so that they're better at at hunting and aiming and throwing women women have better verbal skill skills and 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 They they are more trusting and more agreeable, and more likely to smile and at others and, and recognize the emotions of others. There are so many differences. Men are more likely to be show their aggression through verbal or physical abuse, or physical aggression, as opposed to a woman who will do it indirectly. See, God created us to be different for a purpose, for a balance. A woman is a compliment to a man. A woman is a balance to a man. She's not a doorstep. She's not not to be abused. She's not to be made littled, to feel littled. She is a balance. And a man is the same way. A man is a balance to a woman. He's there to protect her. He's there to provide for her. He's there to take care of her. He's there to to encourage her and to compliment her and and to to take care of the the needs that she has. She's not to be put on a pedestal, but she's not to be a doormat either. There are so many differences in a man and a woman. No, there, there shouldn't be two men and two women. They don't compliment one another. But a man and a wife, that's the way God made us. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank You for the standards that you set in place at the very beginning of time. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't allow man just to evolve as as he saw fit and to change at the, as the way the day or the or the ideas change. But God, that you set the standards upon the very foundations. Lord, you said that the, the standards that you set they, they're not going to go away. They're not going to change, but they're forever settled in heaven. Help these who are young before me, Lord, to grow and to understand that, that, Lord, your ways are the best ways. Your ways, Lord, lead to happiness and joy. Your ways bring strength and peace and, and confidence that this is the way you should be. Lord, help these who hear my voice, God, learn from what has been said and grow in those things. And help us, Lord, to come back tonight, Lord, to experience more of your love and your touch in our souls. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.